Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Evolution is more than a theory. It is a fundamental scientific principle. You know, there's a scientific term for that. It's called baloney. We are so stupid that we think that just because telephones and computers and cars are intelligently designed, that means we are too. Well, we're not. I don't trust that Richard Dawkins. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. Is the only logical explanation, unless you don't want to believe in science and logic. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Frio. Welcome in, welcome in. It is another Wednesday, which can only mean one thing. It's Witness Wednesday, and Todd is out somewhere on the campus of some university looking for unsuspecting students to track down and picking their brains and ultimately sharing Christ with them. And uh, this week is no different. Todd is out at Kennesaw State University. I'm here in the studio controlling all the knobs and switches. I know it's scary thought, but I watched a YouTube video, so I think I know what I'm doing. I think. I don't know. We'll find out. We're not quite sure yet who Todd has run down. We can only find out one way. That's getting out to the campus and checking. This should not be a trick question for you. Okay. All right. Here it is. You ready? Here it is. You ready? All right. What is Easter? The first Sunday of April. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You, you said it wasn't a trick question, but I kind of thought about it. It's not a trick question. You should know the answer to this. Um, um, the day Jesus rose. There you go. That's it. That's the day that Jesus rose. You know how I figured he knew that is because you got that symbol around your neck. Yeah. Right? Yeah. My mom gave it to me. Yeah. All right. So here's the question. Do you believe in Easter? Uh, to an extent, I'll say, yeah, to an extent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But to an extent, no. Yeah. How come? Um, it's like, oh, I don't know. It's just like he rose from the dead. It's like, you know, I don't know, you know, but I, I but it's, uh, you know, it's just debatable. I don't know. That's why I say I do, because I celebrate it and stuff, but it's like, mm, you never know. I know what you're thinking right now. You don't want your mom to see this. Yeah, I mean, no, no, I mean, yeah, but, but I mean, I just, you know, I just think like, cause I'm not a super religious person, but I, I do believe in like teachings in the Bible and other things. So that's why I say like, kind of, you know, you know, cause I'm not a full blown Christian. Or whatever. So what was the, the point of that? Jesus rising from the dead. What was the significance? I'm going to be honest. I don't really know. Did you go to church when you were a kid? When I was younger, yeah. And they didn't talk about this? Uh, they did. I probably just forgot. Maybe just kind of yeah. glance. And sometimes you know, when we're young, we don't think it through. Let me let me just see, Mo, if I can make this super vivid for you. Because you might go, if nothing else, it's like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Now, you might not buy it, but at least you'll get it. Okay? Yeah. That act that happened 2,000 years ago had everything to do with justice, you and I love justice, right? You know, yeah. so when somebody is hurt, we think the guy who hurt him should get it sure. because that's what is just. If somebody oppresses, they should have to pay for that. That is justice. Somebody murders. If somebody steals, we have a sense of justice. And so does God because he is just. He is really the source of everything that is right and moral and good. And just like we hate bad things happening, people doing bad things, so does God. And because he's just, he must judge all people who have ever lived for everything they've done. 
And that's a really kind of a, if we're honest, kind of a scary proposition, right? Because if the laws are like lying, have you ever told a lie? Yeah. Okay. Ever stolen anything? Yeah. Looked at a woman with lust? Yeah. Blasphemed taking God's name in vain? Yeah. Okay. So you've done those things. When you die, God promises, I'm going to have a day in court with Mo. I'm going to open up the books. I was an eyewitness to all of these crimes. And I am just, and I'm going to make sure that justice is satisfied. So, Mo, if that's the scenario, and God opens up the books on you, would he find you innocent or guilty? Guilty. Okay. The next question's even scarier. What should God do with guilty criminals? Take them to heaven or send them to hell? Send them to hell. Right. Right. Not a fun idea, right? Right. But that's that's what God must do, because a judge who just lets people get you're a pleasant fellow. But imagine a judge who had a, kim, a criminal who lived next door to you and maybe even hurt your family. And the judge went, he's a nice guy. I'm just going to let him go. You'd be furious because it's unjust. All right. So here's the deal. God is just. and He's going to punish all lawbreakers. But. He's also good, and he's rich in mercy, and he's filled with grace and compassion. And he desires to forgive sinners like you and me so that when we die, we don't have to go to hell, but we can go to heaven. But there's the problem of justice. Justice needs to be satisfied. Otherwise, God would be an unjust judge who let nice criminals off the hook. So here's the plan. To resolve that tension, God sent his son, Jesus Christ to live a perfect life, to take on human flesh, to live on this planet 2,000 years ago, never lied, never stole, never lusted, always honored his parents, never took God's name in vain, always did what was right and kind and good. And then this week, Passion Week, he allowed himself to be beaten, flogged, whipped to shreds. They called it a cat of nine tails. So it'd be kind of like a, a leather strap like this, but they put pieces of bone pottery or nails in it. That's what you got whipped with. It was a bloody mess, man. Stripped him, punched him in the face, smashed a crown of thorns on his head, and then they nailed him to a tree and hung him up in the air. The reason that he volunteered to do that is because God was satisfying justice. God was pouring out his wrath on his beloved son on behalf of guilty criminals like you and me. We've broken God's laws. Jesus paid the fine. It's as if you're in God's courtroom and Jesus steps in and says, hold on, I love that man. And I've paid the penalty for his crimes and you get dismissed. And he's the one who was punished on your behalf. He died three days later to prove that he actually is God. He rose from the dead to demonstrate he really did defeat death and satisfy justice. That's what Easter's about, Mo, that people like you and me can be forgiven. We give God our rap sheet and Jesus gives us his resume. It's the great exchange. It's like you're wearing a, a shirt and it just says criminal on it. Isn't it funny? Wait a second. That's an image of Jesus, isn't it? Yeah. Huh. So that's what he did for a guilty criminal. So you give him your filthy robes and he gives you his robes of righteousness and you get adopted into God's family, forgiven, case dismissed, 
And he sees you not just as being forgiven, but as righteous because he gives you all of the credit for everything that he did. So it's like you're going through software engineering. You're failing every class. Jesus gives you his A. That is the great exchange. That's what Easter is about. That's the significance of it, that people like you and me, we can be forgiven and go to heaven. That's the good news of the gospel. All right. So that really happened. Oh, that's kind of a kind of a life changer, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, it is. All right, but here's the catch. God doesn't just apply that indiscriminately to everybody. God commands all men everywhere to repent and believe in his son. In other words, turn from your sins. Say, I'm sorry, I have been doing it wrong. I've been living wrong. I've done all of those crimes that I know and you know I'm guilty of, and I'm sorry. And you put your trust in his son and he says, case dismissed. That is what Christianity and Easter is all about, right? So here's the million dollar question. What are you going to do with this info? The best thing I could do with this info is pass that on to somebody else. Because, you know, I'm not really religious, so I would say that's probably the best thing I could do. I know religious people and Christians that would need to hear that or some friends of mine that like don't understand that that's what Easter is really about. All right. So here's, here's a similar scenario, although it pales in comparison. It's as if some guy on campus, woman who was flush with cash, approached you with a tray full of money and said, Mo, I want you to have this. I'm so kind. I love you. I want you to have this. What would you do with that offer? Would you kind of, hmm, well, you know, I sort of kind of, mm, no, you take it, right? Yeah, I'll just probably take it. So here's what's in front of you right now. Forgiveness of sins, everlasting life, no longer being an enemy of God, but being an adopted child of God, a son of God in a right relationship with the God who died to save you. It's just sitting right here. And God's plea with you is take it, take it. It is an offer that you shouldn't refuse. Okay. Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his soul? You don't want to die and hear Jesus say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you because right now his terms are peace. But if you don't take them while you're alive, um, then he's your enemy and it, you, you don't want to meet him as an enemy. Okay, so we're not signing up people today. I don't have a card or, you know, I don't have a cult for you to join. I just want to lay this on your heart and on your conscience. Just think about that offer sitting in front of you. And maybe, just maybe, don't close your eyes tonight without receiving that, believing that, and trusting that. All right. Well, you know, that was an interesting conversation I just had with our new friend, Mo. He did seem open, also seemed a little standoffish as well. Didn't seem quite ready to commit to this whole Christian thing. So let's be praying for Mo. Let's keep him in our prayers. And I hope that God would continue sending people to share the gospel. All right. We've got more Witness Wednesday. We're only getting warmed up. More coming next, right after this on Wretched Radio. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. 
That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Friel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry, Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry, 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. All right, listen up, parents and married couples. We know better than anyone that there can be times of uneasiness in our homes. Well, if you're ready to revitalize and make a transformation in your family life, then I want to point you in the direction of Wretched.org for a new deal so good, you're going to think it came straight down from heaven. I'm talking about the Joy in the Home Bundle. In the bundle, you're going to find the Drive-By Marriage Audio Series, the Drive-By Marriage Study Guide, the Drive-By Parenting Audio Series, and study guide and last but certainly not least reset for parents now understand this isn't a magical potion that's going to make everyone in your home behave but it's the next best thing so what are you waiting for hurry up head over to wretched.org right now and jump on the path that's going to help you bring joy back into your home don't miss out it's wretched.org it's the joy in the home bundle on sale right now trust me you'll be thanking us later Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Important dates in Christian history. 1793. William Carey sails as a missionary to India. In the next 40 years, he would oversee more Bible translations than had previously been produced in all of Christian history. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we are back to more Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I am Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd is out sitting on the campus of Kennesaw State University. He's just had a nice conversation with a young man by the name of Mo. And he is continuing to run around the campus looking for more folks to have a conversation with. And so let's get out there now and see who he's run down. What is the difference between you and me? Go. Uh, well, you seem to be a lot taller than I am. Um, you are older than me. There it is. That's what I was looking for right there. I just read a study that was done, a poll that was taken by the Wall Street Journal and the University of Chicago to identify the generational differences. You're a Gen Zer, right? Yes. So here are the 
the categories that they concluded our generation's different. So th- these are things that my generation really, really got into and thought they were very significant. But your generation thought less of these things. So I'm going to give you that list and you tell me if this item or this thought or this worldview is very significant, sort of significant or not significant at all. You ready? Mm-hmm. Here's the first one. Patriotism. Uh, I think it's significant still. I'm talking about for you. Okay, yeah, it's significant. Marriage. Uh, less significant, but still like in the middle. Children. Um, again, in the middle. Money. Definitely significant. Definitely less significant? Definitely, definitely significant, yes. Hard work. Significant. That's really, now you're, you're, you don't qualify for being Gen Z because most people in your generation were like, eh, hard work, not so much. I don't know. It's like if you don't, if you don't work hard for something, it's like, did you really even earn it? You know? There seems to be a shifting emphasis on more recreation, more fun time, less work. I think there should definitely be like a balance of hard work and leisure time, right? I think I definitely think this uh, generation there is like a, I guess a divide because there's like this subculture of like the grind set where you know you wake up at like six a.m. you go to the gym you work hard like really you know on whatever until like the end of the day and you go to bed and just do it all over again and then there are some people on the other side who definitely have a lot more focus on leisure and, you know, don't really care about working hard that much. And I think that both of those are just two ends of an extreme and that somewhere in close to the middle is like the most important. You know, it's, it's the grind set. That's a, that's a, that's a good moniker for that. My generation probably fell into that camp way more, maybe even sometimes imbalanced. I think the, the people in this generation that fall into that mindset are definitely fewer um, but I think they also take it to kind of an extreme. Last category is religion. Religion. Uh, for me personally, religion is not very significant, but there are definitely a lot of people today that still... And how come it's not significant for you? In my opinion, I just don't think it's necessarily likely that like a higher power created everything. I think that given infinite time and infinite stuff, that anything is going to happen. I mean, I wouldn't rule out there is a possibility that there is you know, a higher being, a god, but... Um, Right now, there just is no like definitive proof of it. Let me try to offer one for you. You see if you buy this or not. This microphone is proof. <laughs> you call this a microphone. Where was it made? Um, probably, probably somewhere in China or Japan, maybe. I think it might be Germany, but never. But you and I wouldn't debate that it was made someplace. We would both agree this thing got manufactured somewhere. Yeah. But you and I haven't been to that factory, and yet instantly we intuit, you got a microphone, you got a microphone maker. And to say that this microphone happened randomly or with a lot of time and chance doesn't even come to mind for us because that just doesn't make sense. We know it's intricately designed, so somebody with intelligence had to put it together. So if I can intuit, there's a microphone, there's a microphone maker, there's a bench, there's a bench maker, if there's a human there's a human maker. Hmm. That is a good point. Um, I guess the counter to that would be, uh, we, I mean, it depends on your, your style of Christian belief, but, um, well, I didn't say I was a Christian. I guess rather it depends on your style of belief, whether or not humans were made as humans or, you know, if they started off, you know, hundreds of thousands of millions of years ago, um, as, you know, single cell organisms that eventually, built up and evolved into what we are today. 
mean, I think it's most likely that uh, given a lot of time, those small chemical reactions started slowly building up, building up. All right. Let me keep trying. We'll see if we can persuade you to become a theist today. All right. Those chemicals, where'd they come from? I just think that's a fundamentally unknowable thing. Well, because we can't go back and we can't see it. We can't repeat it in a laboratory. But what preceded something? Nothing. I don't think it's possible to know that. And I mean, I what I'm saying is I'm not saying that there definitively is not like a higher being or that it's 100 percent positive that we weren't created. What I am saying is that it's not necessarily possible for us to know, right? Like, if we go back to your microphone analogy, um, we, of course, you know, we didn't see the factory, we didn't see it being made, but we know, like, we, can, we could go to the factory, we know that the factory is there. But we just, we just know it. I mean, we just intuit. Somebody just had to put this together. So I would say your eyes are more intricate than this microphone. I don't think they happen by chance. There's, you've got about 120,000 light-sensitive cells all cooperating together. You've got rods, you've got cones. It's taking the information, it's refracting it, turning it around, getting it to your brain, processing the information, lickety-split. It's just a little too fantastic for me to go, that just happened by itself. Let me try another argument with you, Tyler. There's different theistic arguments. So there would be the argument of uh, the cosmological argument, that if you got stuff, there's a stuff maker. Teleological, the reason for existence, why is this stuff here? But I'm going to try a different argument with you, and you tell me what you think of this. The moral argument, if somebody out in this village green here attacked somebody smaller, just beat them up, would you say that was a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I mean, I suppose on the surface it would be a bad thing. You know, someone attacking someone else isn't good, but um, you know, there's always possible reason. Sure. But just, you know, for the sake of this, a simplified scenario, somebody just, and they're just throttling them beyond need. You'd go, that's just bad. But I would suggest to you that if there is not a moral law giver, that incident, it's just not my preference because you can't have good and bad. You can't have right and wrong. You can't have what is noble and pure and true and evil and terrible and awful unless somebody that transcends us has determined what is good and what is bad. Think of it like a, like a speeding sign. If you're driving down a country road, there's no, there's no sign. It goes fast as you want because the law hasn't told you what is right and wrong. But as soon as that, stop, that sign goes up that says 35 miles an hour, you go over 35, you're doing wrong. Because the one in authority determined this is what is the correct speed and this is what isn't. So the moral argument says if we have morals, and we do, there must be a moral law giver. Go. Is it not possible for us to have decided those morals in the first place? Well, we could, but they would have no meaning. I mean, I suppose that's true that they wouldn't have any inherent meaning from the beginning. Um, isn't that true for most things, though? Things only have the meaning that we give them? It depends on what the what the issue is. I think we study reality and then we use logic and reason to conclude what it is that we are experiencing. Now, we can import 
some sort of value to them. But nevertheless, when it comes to the issue of morality, right and wrong, we know it's wrong to beat up little children. You just, it's like, no, that's wrong all times, all places. But if there isn't a moral authority that has determined that, then it's not really wrong to everybody. So it might be wrong to you, but it's not wrong to me. So it just becomes a preference issue. The moral argument says, because we know there are ironclad moral laws, there's a lawgiver. That's the moral argument. You're not buying it yet. Not necessarily, because you could also argue that, at least for this specific example, um, that there is a biological response uh, for someone else getting beaten up. Because like, if you think about it in terms of like cavemen, right? you see your people getting beaten up automatically you're going to assume that's bad because you know your people are getting hurt and that's going to prevent your bloodline from continuing the problem with using evolution to explain morals moral codes and moral systems is that evolution justifies both sides so evolution doesn't help me when it comes to morality cuz you could say that murder uh, we've we've evolved out of murder because it's a bad thing. And I would say, no, actually, from an evolutionary standpoint, murder is good because that means I'm stronger. The weaker dies. My group of people is going to thrive. So evolution can justify both good and evil. Let me try one more thing with you. You're being a patient man. I appreciate it. I'm going to try to circumvent your intellect and I've got to interrupt. You know, I hate to interrupt. I do. I absolutely hate doing this. But as much as I do it, I know you think that I enjoy it, but I don't. I really never do. We've got some sponsors to satisfy, so we do have to take a break really quick. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Todd and Tyler. They've talked about patriotism, marriage, children, money, hard work. They've covered a bit of information so far. They'll cover even more when we return. This is Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. And in today's edition of The Government Finds New Ways to Spend Your Money, the 69% government-funded CBC is promoting drag kids on the dime of Canadian taxpayers. Because, you know, nothing says good use of public funds like putting children in highly sexualized situations. Oh, Canada, indeed. And in Indiana, there's the case of mom and dad don't need to know that, where undercover video footage shows Indiana schools being a tad bit secretive with parents. When you call attention to it, then questions are asked. And I really believe that um, you can do more good under the radar. Right before COVID, we had started some really deep diving into our curriculum and we and, and kind of doing that like privilege walk. Yeah, so they're not worried about math scores or reading levels, but rather discussing all sorts of sensitive topics without parental consent, like a surprise party no one even asked for. Meanwhile, in California, a man has been sentenced to federal jail time for hate speech and threatening Merriam-Webster Dictionary over the definition of female. If only he knew these days you can't even get a straight answer from the Title IX enforcer on what a woman is. But hey, at least we're all trying to keep up with the times. And a new study on transgenderism in kids is revealing that social pressure, the main cause... 
And that shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone with common sense. I mean, haven't we been talking about the dangers of peer pressure for decades now? I guess that only matters when it comes to drugs. Did you happen to catch Elon Musk's recent epiphany that abortions might be a threat to mankind's existence? Shocking discovery, I'm sure. Better late than never, Elon. Speaking of abortions, in what can only be described as a dystopian nightmare, the abortion industry is now promoting handheld devices that suction unborn babies into machines. Sad and disgusting. I mean, why use a vacuum cleaner for its intended purpose when you can just use it to destroy innocent life for no reason other than your comfort? And more somber news as we wrap up today. We bid farewell to the legendary pastor and broadcaster and author from right here in Atlanta. Dr. Charles Stanley passed away at the age of 90 years old. Dr. Stanley leaves behind a pretty incredible legacy and a dedication to the Word of God. And that has been your latest Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Bridegroom. Christians are waiting for Christ's return, which the book of Revelation describes as the wedding of the Lamb. Christ will come to usher His bride, His church, into eternity with Him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I am Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd out on campus at Kennesaw State University today. He's been talking to Tyler. And when we last left him, Todd had been going through different arguments. Tyler seems a bit like, and he hasn't used the term, but he seems to be an agnostic. Um, he hasn't totally ruled out that there is a higher power out there, but he doesn't seem to be fully convinced that there is. And so Todd has went through a couple of different arguments with him. And it seems when we took a break that they were about to jump into the moral argument. Let's get back out to the campus, see how that plays out now. You're a smart guy. What were what were your SAT scores? English was, I think, 800. And then um, math was 700. So I, I, I don't remember exactly. Mine, mine was in double digits. Okay, so you're definitely smarter than I am. So I'm going to try to go around your brain. And I'm going to go to a different region inside of your head called your conscience. This is the courtroom inside of all of us that goes, that's bad. That's right. That's wrong. I should do that. I shouldn't do that. So I'm going to try to poke around in there to see if it lights up a little bit. And I'm going to do that by using the Ten Commandments. Let's just say that those two tablets are a pretty good reflection of what we would all agree to be right and wrong. So I'm going to probe it by asking questions. Tyler, have you ever told a lie? I have. How many? Uh, I'm not sure I could count that. <laughs> Um, so a few. Yes. So if you knew that I told lies, what would you call me? A liar. You ever stolen anything? Um, depends on your definition of steal, but, uh, yeah. It doesn't matter about if you're thinking value or like breaking into a bank, it could be a pencil. It could be changed from your parents' pockets, whatever. That's, that's okay. So what do you call somebody who steals stuff? A thief. Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Yes. It's called blasphemy. Okay. Have you ever 
had a sexual thought about anybody inside of your brain that if they knew about it, it might be a little embarrassing. Probably, yeah. So you've looked with lust. Okay. All right. Have you ever desired things that didn't belong to you thinking, I really should have that, not that guy? Yeah. All right. So I think we just went through five commandments. All right. Now, I want you to go on a fantastic journey with me for a moment. Let's just say you die. And what makes Tyler, Tyler lives on, your soul lives on. And God, the one who created you and the trees and the bees and everything that went into this microphone, brings you into his courtroom. And he opens the book that says Tyler from Kennesaw State University. And he knows everything you've done in darkness, every evil deed, every evil thought, if you've ever been racist or sexist or just condescending. Every single crime is recorded. Would he find Tyler innocent or guilty? I'm afraid that's not for me to decide. Um, if I had to guess, though, I would I would hope that he finds me innocent. Um, at least I, I try to act um, in a way. I try to act out of the good of my heart, I guess. So I, I, I get that. I do. And. I think, though, that we can go into an earthly courtroom and see that maybe there's a flaw in that thinking. So let's just say, for instance, I had 10 crimes that I'd committed, and I go into the courtroom and I stand before the judge and say, Judge, I try overall to live a pretty good life, and you know, I don't do the really bad things. What would the judge say to me? I guess he would say that that's um, not enough evidence. It, it doesn't it doesn't dismiss your case. So it's good that you do good things. And I don't doubt that you do. But that's not the issue. The issue is breaking the law. Justice demands there's got to be a payment. All right. So God is the same way because our justice systems, I think, reflect his justice system. He opens the books. He sees it all. He knows you're guilty and he's the one that matters. And I think when we're being honest with ourselves, we'd agree he's right. We do a lot of bad things. Would God send you to heaven as a good place or would he punish you by sending you to hell based on the fact that he knows you're a lawbreaker? I mean, I guess if we're going, I guess I'd be sent to hell because um, if if you look at it like past... You know, I try to do good and I'm not perfect, but I'm not perfect, right? If you look past that and it's like, you did these bad things, you have to pay, then yeah, I'd be sent to hell just because I guess, I guess if there is no leniency. And how do you feel about that? Not great, but I guess if I deserve it, then I deserve it. Yeah, I don't like the idea either. I'll be honest with you. I don't like it for me and I don't like it for you either because... If God is going to give us justice, it ain't going to be pretty for us. Okay, now I've got a Christian question for you. What is Easter? Uh, Easter was the celebration, not celebration of um, Christ's birth. Uh, it was the celebration, the anniversary of Christ's uh, coming back, coming of Christ, right? Yeah, he died on a cross and then rose three days later. Tell me, do you understand the significance of that historical event? What was going on? Why do we... 2,000 years later, remember a man who was beaten and spat upon and hung on a cross 
and then rose from the grave. Why? What's the big deal about that? What was happening? What was the significance of that event? Do you know? Uh, well, because um, he, well, Christ was believed to be, you know, the Son of God, right? So, um, most anything surrounding him would be would be celebrated for a long time, um, especially something. Like, you know, him dying for our sins. Right? That's the key right there. That's, that's what I was hoping you knew. That's what Christianity is about. This is the most significant event and the highest point in human history that God became flesh. Because you're, you're going to track this. I know you will. God is just. So he has to punish lawbreakers. Because if he didn't, it would mean that he's corrupt and he's not. On the other hand. God is good and he's kind and he's rich in mercy. And his desire is not to send puny human beings to hell for eternity. That's not what really excites him. What he delights in is forgiving sinners who don't deserve it so that we can understand that God is amazing. He actually paid the price for my sins. That's what happened on Easter. Jesus Christ came to this planet to live the perfect life of righteousness that you and I failed to live. He marched to a cross. It was nasty business. I don't know if you ever studied how they used to torture people in those days. They called it the cat of nine tails. There were leather straps. We call it a whip. Leather straps with pottery and nails woven into it. So when you got whipped... It just shredded the back. In fact, some people just died because it went through their muscles and then their organs would just fall out and they died. Okay, so Jesus did that and he went to a cross because he was paying for your crimes against God. What you and I deserve, he took it upon himself so that our court case could be dismissed. So Christianity says, Tyler, you give Jesus your rap sheet. He gives you his resume. You give him your filthy, dirty deeds. He takes it upon himself, is punished on your behalf, and then he gives you his righteousness. So you can be seen as not just forgiven, but as righteous in the eyes of God, forgiven, adopted into God's family. When you die and take your last breath, Tyler doesn't end. Your body might go into the ground, but your soul goes to heaven because Jesus Christ made a way for you. That's what Christianity is about, being forgiven, understanding reality as it really is now, because you know the one who wrote it and designed it. And when you die, you get to go to heaven based on the merits of another. That's called the good news. The bad news is we're guilty criminals. The good news is Jesus Christ satisfies justice on our behalf so we can slide and he offers that forgiveness to anybody who will come to him in repentance and faith. So, Tyler, that's the Christian gospel. What's running through that sizable brain of yours right now? Well, uh, the Jesus guy is pretty nice, isn't he? Um, it offers, um, I guess, a new perspective on the whole thing. I think, in my opinion, it's still a stretch to believe that everything was created. But um, I can absolutely see value in the um in the idea of uh of you know the christian ideal of forgiveness and um you know you know jesus died for us and so that we could um so that we uh could 
what's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I think I think there is value in in the idea uh, of forgiveness that Jesus gives. That's what I'm trying to say. And again, I hate interrupting this pretty insightful conversation because that's exactly what it is. Not, uh, Tyler is a very, very intellectual and smart young man. Had some pretty good chatting so far. So we're going to take a quick break. Don't want to interrupt it, but we do have more from Tyler and Todd next. More Witness Wednesday from Kennesaw State University. This is Wretched Radio. So you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. Then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God it's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor. Wretched.org slash pastor for the Masters Academy International. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Wretched Radio. And today, I want to talk to you about something pretty important, something that can change millions of lives for the better. No, I'm not talking about the latest Netflix series. Those actually change lives for the worse, most of them. No, I'm actually talking about the life-saving gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here at Wretched, we exist to reach millions all over the world with that message. And we want you to join us in those efforts by becoming an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner. And it's not just any partnership that you can enter into. No, this is something that changes lives for eternity. Like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith. In other words, be strong in your convictions to share the gospel and stand with us as we spread that good news far and wide. It's really simple to become a gospel partner. All you have to do is visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby, courtesy of an ultrasound from Reborn. I was terrified. I really didn't know what to do. The first time I saw the ultrasound, I was just amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, is that my baby? And I, like, I heard her heartbeat and I, I just, I just fell in love. If I could care about my daughter this much, if I could love my daughter this much, how much does God love me? Now take that one testimony and multiply it by 54,253 because that is the number of babies that were saved last year because of ultrasounds at pre-born centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Attributes of God. Aseity is the word for God's self-existence. Nobody made God. God is the unmoved mover who causes all other things to be. All things depend on God for their continued existence. God does not need his creation. 
He chose to create us to glorify Him and enjoy Him forever. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. We are back to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd out on campus at Kennesaw State University today where he's been talking with Tyler. And it's been a very, very good conversation. Tyler, a very intellectual young man, agnostic, I believe. They haven't labeled it uh, in their chat just yet. But uh, I would go and venture to say that uh, he's an agnostic. Tyler says he doesn't rule out that there is a higher power that created everything, but um, he's having a hard time believing it. And um, Tyler pretty well understood the gospel as Todd laid it out to him. That's where we're at right now. He understood the gospel, said he understands the Christian ideal of forgiveness, and that he does believe that there is value in the forgiveness that Jesus offers. So where does the chat go from here? Only one way to find out. What you're describing, though, is a mere placebo. The concept, the notion, it's a noble ideal. It's maybe something we could pattern our lives after. Well, that's nice, but you can get that from some hero stories. You can get that maybe from Greek mythology, but the issue is much greater than that. It's not just studying a guy and going, you know what, that, that is something that I should try to ascribe to. It's more than that. He actually did live. It's recorded. Eyewitnesses saw it happen. And you know that they're trustworthy because they were willing to die for it. Because people will be told a lie. They'll believe it. But when a gun is put to their head, they're going to go, you know, maybe I didn't really. But these guys saw it. They saw a man who was beaten to a pulp come back to life. And so they were willing to die, all of them, because of what they saw. And they knew to be true. They wrote it down. You have it in a book called the Bible. It's an eyewitness, trustworthy account of reality. And Tyler, it kind of sinks with how we observe the world. It kind of like, you know, this is kind of bringing some color to this black and white reality of ours that I'm actually made. My life isn't pointless. I have a maker because I'm made fearfully and wonderfully designed. And now I can be reconciled to that God and my life can actually be given meaning. So going to work like we talked about hard work. Look, you can work hard for stuff, but it kind of ends up not satisfying. But if you're doing your work for God, it's like, whoa, suddenly it's transcendent and has meaning and has value. And now I desire to be kind to other people because God has shown me so much kindness. And all of a sudden... Reality starts to come into focus because this is reality. So you've been super patient. So let me just leave you to really think about this, not just as a hero story or a fairy story, but as, whoa, if this is what really happened, I, I got to deal with this. You, you're confronted by this now and you really have to noodle through it. And so... I think ultimately your your intellect could be satisfied with arguments, but listen to your conscience. Let it be like a fire alarm that says, Tyler, you're in danger, man. You're just, you're headed for a collision course with God. You're going to lose. But right now he's extending an olive branch going, Tyler, take my hand. Forgive me. Receive this forgiveness. Don't walk in darkness. Come into the light. I'll save you. I'll redeem you. And you can know me forever ever. So all I can do, complete stranger on a lovely spring day in Georgia, 
is beg you to think about that because I would much prefer you die and go to heaven. And so would God. That is, that is what God desires, that all men everywhere would come to repentance and the knowledge of truth because he's good and he offers you forgiveness today. So maybe before going to sleep, deal with this. What was just presented to you? Fair enough? I've never thought a whole lot about religion before. You know, this this has been having a very productive productive conversation. So I think I think I'll definitely put more thought into it now. Um Yeah. You know, my, my dad is also Christian. He um he he taught me um, you know, the idea of God and Christ, but um not not so much you know, the um ins and outs of it, I guess. Um, you know, we church wasn't really a big thing and all that. So I didn't really get exposed to a whole lot of religion. Um, but I think now, uh, knowing what you told me, I think I'll, I'll definitely think about it more. Um, uh, let me, let me, let me leave you with this thought too. All right. Because you're going to contemplate religion. So let me tell you perhaps the best part of Christianity, and maybe even one of the most difficult parts about Christianity, but what makes it singularly unique, which maybe was redundant. All right. If you take Buddhism and Hinduism and Islam and Judaism, at least contemporary Judaism, they all teach the same thing. Be good. Try harder. Do better. And maybe, just maybe, God will have mercy on you and you'll go to a better place, whether it's reincarnated to a higher level, to nirvana, whether it's to paradise, if you do a bunch of stuff, you got a shot at it, but no guarantees. So whichever one you want to pick, and that, by the way, includes Mormonism. It includes any work righteous system that say do. Christianity says done. You can't do it. That's the stumbling block of Christianity. You and I don't have a chance. We can't accomplish what God requires to enter into his kingdom. But Jesus did. These religions say do. Jesus Christ says it is finished. It is done. And if you will receive his forgiveness by faith, you will be brought into his kingdom. So what makes Christianity so glorious is that you're the guilty criminal who gets to slide. It's like you won the lottery. You've been given everything. And then because of his goodness shown to you, then you do stuff. But not to earn his favor, but because his favor has been earned for you. That's why Christianity is so great, because it is not a work-based system. It's a grace-based system because of the love of God. Something to ponder today. I'm not totally sure what to say. <laughs> let me ask you a question. I'm going to make it really pointed. I was going to let you go, but now i got to ask. What would stop you from... God's just putting it right in front of you right now. Take it. Just... There it is. Everlasting life. What would keep you from believing in Jesus Christ? I'm not totally sure. Um... Obviously, there's this you know, question of, does he exist? And then obviously, if you assume that he does, then there would be nothing stopping, right? And that's just, that's just a matter of belief. 
here's here's the here's the stamp of authentication that he really did exist. It, it's it's Easter. Now, Jesus did a lot of miracles because he showed he's got authority over everything. He can bend the laws of nature. He can walk on water. He can feed thousands of people out and can heal people instantaneously, totally and organically. But here's the biggie. It's the resurrection. And it goes back to those eyewitnesses. If you had a dozen people today or 11 people today who are believing a lie, one of them would fess up and go, okay, I, I didn't see it. I, I'm just telling you what I was told. These 11 guys, they saw him, they lived with him, they saw him do miracles, they saw him die, and then they saw him alive. And I'm telling you, Tyler, he was a bloody mess. There's no way it was like he passed out and then came back. He was beaten to a pulp, definitely dead. They put a spear in his side to make sure that he was dead. And water and blood flowed down because when you die on a cross, you're basically you're gasping for breath. Everything is gathering. Your lungs fill with liquid. It's pretty awful. They saw him alive, and that's why they were willing to die for it. You've you've got a more credible witness in the Bible than you do if God sky wrote it because you'd come up with some sort of scientific explanation for it. You've got a certain word in the Bible. So my plea for you today is if you've got a Bible, read it. You've got one on your phone. You can find it. Read about Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are called the Gospels. And just see for yourself if he doesn't represent precisely what we need and respond to it or reject it. But at least now, you know what Christianity teaches. Fair enough? We, we have a few Bibles at home, so I think I'll, I'll definitely take a read. This was a real pleasure. And that is what we say is a wrap. That's the conversation between Tyler and Todd. Very good conversation. Tyler was a bit standoffish in the beginning, but he did uh, start to open up. At some point in the conversation, mentioned that his father was a Christian, but he never quite heard the gospel presented as it was presented today, and it piqued his interest. I mean, obviously, being an intellectual, he wants to go and uh, dive into the Bible, dive more into Christ and the things that he has not heard before. And Todd gave him uh, a lot to go um, start to dig into and dive into. So hopefully through all of that, his eyes are going to be opened by the Holy Spirit. Let's be praying for that. Let's pray that that God would reveal and illuminate his heart to the truth as he studies through his word, because that's what it's going to take to get past the walls of intellect that Tyler has erected. So let's pray that happens. That's going to do it. That's going to wrap it all up. We have no more time left today. We've used every bit of it up. So we will be back right here, same place, same time next week for more Witness Wednesday. But we will be back here, same time, same place tomorrow for more Wrenching Radio. Until tomorrow. Go serve your king.